All right. While I'm setting this up, oh, we're, <laughs> we're going. Oh, well, let's check, check check out over there though. See, I got that on the wall. I saw. Yeah, you've got you. You've added to your uh, collection. Um, Charles Booker for U.S. Senate. Um, David Kloiber, not even for mayor. He just is the mayor. David Kloiber, the mayor. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maya, Maya and David Kloiber. Paid for David Kloiber for mayor. Paid for Booker for Kentucky. They both got printed by some union printing shop. Probably maybe the same printing shop. One can only hope. Um, he's got this weird thing with like the KY that almost kind of looks like the like 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 the Liberty Flame kind of thing is what I'm is like like oh. the Lady Liberty's little fire at the top. Oh yeah, I can which see is that. you know perfect for going against Rand Paul, who has that same exact logo. Um, oh, I see him overwhelming him. He's got CharlesBooker.org, which is huge. You know, dot org. That's that's pretty big that he's got the dot org. Yeah 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 yeah. CharlesBooker.com, however, oh, well, <laughs> CharlesBooker.gov, CharlesBooker.org, CharlesBooker.mil. <gasps> Whoa, and lamepod.com. Do we have lamepod.com? We do have lamepod.com. All right, folks. We have lamepod.neocities.org. All right, and I guess with that. You're listening to Lame, the Lexington Ashland Marxist Experience. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jenry. It's the 27th of March, 2022. uh, And this is a a new show. Um, uh, uh, Run by uh, two humble uh, Marxist Leninists. Marxist Leninists. Uh, I can't say. I was trying to think of something else. Um, whatever. Urbanists, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, we never talk about that anymore. <laughs> we love the train. We love the walkable city. We love the bikes or whatever. I took a little took a little trip to Chicago. Oh, yeah? Very, very nice. I saw the, the mixed-use housing. I saw okay. the trains, the reliable public transit. Yeah, and, like, and to think, Chicago's kind of the sh- the whole that whole thing in Chicago's kind of shitty in the first place. So you know, uh, and even that is miles better. <laughs> if only Lexington could. I mean, at least a little bit of mixed use. I don't know. I think that'd be cool. I like to live on top of a grocery store. Yeah, don't worry. When um, uh, we'll be we'll we'll be sure to uh, you know. Uh, We'll have to rebuild half it by force. Um, I hope you all are enjoying the radio today, which I think is back strong. Um, oh, what do we have at the bowl? I don't know. It's someone singing. I don't. You think why would? I'm not. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting around for their call sign to play out. Let me oh, say that. Thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, this is the news <clears throat> podcast, and um, these are these are the opinions we hold, and um, you listen to us because we talk about the news. You don't have to pay for a hair subscription. <laughs> and most importantly, you get the party line. Um, so uh, I don't know what the party line on this first line of news is, but uh, the big Lexington Football League that's coming in, the Lexington Pro Soccer thing or whatever, they're going to be called the Lexington Sporting Club. Why, or the so Lexington why are they sporting? This is what I, I, so I didn't understand this. Why are they the sporting club, not the soccer club or the football club? They're just sport. I don't know. Well, because soccer has got some sort of a uh, is is sort of sh- is like a short thing for something else or Association whatever. Association football. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Whatever. They thought that was dignified. They had some kind of. <clears throat> they there was a very froofy press release that Herald Leader basically verbatim posted. Um, to which I say, can't you guys just link me to the press release if this is all you're gonna do? Um, 
But uh, they're like, they're like, it's dignified, Lexington, very dignified, lots of regal industries, you know, bourbon in the the horse racing, and all tech, and all tech. The you know, and you all need something regal, and there's like lion or whatever. Um, so you know what? Uh, well, it's a horse on the crest. Oh, is it? Yeah, it looked like kind of a lion. It's a quadruped, a horse, a horse with a big mane. Okay, shut up, Aaron. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right, moving on to some real news. So they've been building this thing on South Broadway, and I've been wondering myself, what is it? What could it be? Well, folks, it is the Dash Mart, um, which is a uh, what is the Dash? Uh, DoorDash. Worried about is the dot, company. Dash Dot Mart. Hey, to all my to all those in the know out there, did dot dit baby. Um, whatever. Uh, this is a DoorDash is opening up a physical location that, of course, you're, I mean, you don't go into it or whatever. But they are building a a. Um, they are once again um, proving uh, that their core philosophy is a lie. Um, turns out you cannot have a large service business that's just code. Um, turns out, uh, at the end of the day, your um, service economy is still geographically linked to things. And of course, that is um, uh, uh, them building this as a failure of uh, what they promised to their shareholders more than anything. So I'm choosing to actually accept this as a good thing because, of course, it is very difficult to organize these kind of ride sharing. Um, uh, f- f- quick delivery. I don't even know what you would call this that 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 aspect, but it's like Uber, but more fucked up. But like Uber, but your drinks right in it or whatever. Um, Jesus, man. So uh, the the radio is coming in. It's not. It's. I'm trying to let me say this, folks. I may sound insane on some of these podcasts because the the Zoom recorder we do is way like has the game cranked up and you can hear so much more of the stuff in the background. I'm skeptical if you'll be able to hear any of this stuff in the recording. So Interesting. I'm I, and I, and I, and I apologize. And I know we, we have an alternate, we have a, we have a type B solution that we haven't, that we haven't worked out yet. And it just is because we're very busy people and you know, you have to forgive us. But anyway, Forcing DoorDash to end up having a physical location is, I think, generally good because it is difficult to organize um, these sort of uh, disparate, these disparate companies, basically. Um, not disparate, these these disparate employees that, you know, don't have a, don't have a, like, one area to go to or whatever. Until now, folks. They probably have never come face to face with another DoorDash. I'm sure there's a, I'm sure that's the case for a lot of them, you know. Uh but now this is like a gorillas in Germany. Um uh you know, the uh the delivery drivers always had a very difficult time organizing, but um the people that actually worked in the warehouse or in this case the Dash Mart um uh, had a lot larger success because turns out um, you can only uh, you can only play with the formula for a uh, for a you know a private property you know a, a a a private means of production place or whatever if you will to try to appropriate some sort of more textbook terminology um, so much before you have to end up doing it anyways um, because at the end of the day uh, the the core proposition. Um, of all of these companies is, of course, the exploitation of labor power. 
um, and the creation of surplus value, blah, 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 blah. And that means that you have to do certain things with your workplace, which will put you on the inevitable path to the workers' revolution. Um, so uh, uh, have fun, DoorDash. Um, we'll be watching. Uh, and you'll notice I haven't read basically any of the any of the uh, article because it sucks. Um, it, a, who is Dashmark for? Anyone who can't? It's, li- it's like a press release. Doesn't I'm, want to or shouldn't be driving. Anyone who likes to have food and groceries delivered and anyone who doesn't have time to shop. Yeah. Uh, they also partner with local restaurants. It's so goofy, you know. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's the uh, labor report um, from today. And labor now reports. going into um, guys complaining about roads. Um, Lexington pushes to restore funding for the double cross interchange or um, for the heads out there, diverging diamond interchange diverging diamond. Uh, for Least Town Road where it intersects with um, New Circle, right? So what's the over-under on this thing, right? What do we think about? I drive through the Diverging Diamond Interchange a lot, actually. I've been in these past few months, if you want a commute update, um, I've discovered that uh, that taking 68 into town is actually much faster um, under certain conditions. Um, so I've been doing this and as a result, going through this diverging diamond a lot. And, um, I will say this, it is, uh, in the part where the intersection is actually built, there is a protected separate bike lane, right? Hmm. Where traffic crosses the bike lane at like near 90 degree angles. And that seems good. There's just one problem. And it's that that's the only place where the bike it on either side empties out onto a sidewalk and on one side, on the South side, the sidewalk just evaporates. Um, and there's just nothing. There's a bus stop in some grass. You just have to brave South Broadway. Literally. Um, so, you know, and I mean, and of course the situation is the same up there. Really not a, not a whole lot of a pedestrian centric traffic, but of course we will mandate, um, that they build, you know, doing some, uh, to quote Gabe Kloiber. Yeah. Complete streets. Um, <laughs> policy in there. But anyway, um, uh, this has been a long-delayed project. And, of course, um, quote, we have been promised that this project was going to move forward for years, said Rock Daniels, president of the Meadowthorpe Neighborhood Association. Uh, apparently, the Harrisburg Interchange has won several awards for its design. Okay. they just They just finally... I, you know what? Fine. We should be giving we should be giving out awards to these people for doing for literally to. St- I feels impossible to uh, sometimes to convince uh, city governments to stop quote unquote experimenting with stuff and doing quote unquote pilot programs and just simply like implement some already written street theory, um, which basically all exists. Right, the diverging diamond interchange. Not that it's like crazy, like oh we love it, we love it because it is fundamentally. A, a just a better way for three lane traffic vehicles to you know uh, to go through like so like really kind of whatever um uh i will say this that intersection south of it um is is terrible horrible horrible oh, the beaumont one? where beaumont circle empties out onto it that's so bad that's bullet in my head i mean i knew people that like that that live there and i had to i would like can't get too into it deep place of personal trauma for me um i what a horrid intersection um anyway uh 
I guess we should be awarding people, uh, giving people awards for simply just building it um, like we have theorized for many years. Whatever. Um, uh, so money to help start that construction project was included in former Governor Steve Bashir's two-year highway plan. That's right, folks. He's so efficient. He's doing his plans in two years. Um, but the House version of the bill um, no longer includes the $10 million to start the project. It now moves to the Senate in the waning days of the 60-day session. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, local officials are scrambling to get the project back into the Senate version. We are very upset that it's not in the House bill, and I'm working with senators in this in this to get the project in the Senate version. We are encouraging people to call their senators, said Jennifer Reynolds. Jennifer Reynolds, of course, now represents the Leastown area, um, but uh, she's working with Josh McCorn because, of course, as of a few weeks ago, he was representing that area. Um, funny how they did that. Uh, of course... My favorite part of every city council meeting, Richard Maloney, um, giving the giving the history, giving some historical context, whether or not it's necessarily all there or together or cited or whatever. Uh, but you do love to hear him talk about whatever said that said uh, said that the interchange improvement project has been pushed back several times. Maloney, Maloney, okay. Give me the quote, please. That side of town always seems to get things pushed off. Maloney said it's one of the fastest growing areas of town with one of the state's largest neighborhoods. Really? <laughs> Masterson Station. Oh, Masterson Station. Yeah. What's up with Masterson Station? Why is it just like totally, I mean, why is it basically like a, a, a literal suburb of the city? Like it is, it is like not, there is not a, I don't know. Looking at Western, like, like Northwest Lexington is like, uh, just sometimes I was looking at it, I was like, what? What? Huh? This all of District Two. You did it like that, yeah. Well, all of old District Two. We need to update our maps, Aaron. Oh, that's true. We yeah, we need, we need to. Well, I need to contact the GIS people. They got to give me a new map. Now yeah. I go down to the print shop. Mm -hmm. Get those Union boys going. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, where are we? Where are we here? Um, initial estimates from the uh, KTC officials show the project will cost forty-nine million dollars. Jesus Christ. Um, not enough I guess uh, cabinet officials said this week project is moving forward right away acquisition has started and is expected to be completed by 2023 bidding for the construction of the double di of the double diamond would begin sometime in 23 if funding is restored for the project um, Daniels and others have written and called state senators to restore funding quote we have a billion dollar surplus Daniels said have reported 1.1 billion dollar surplus <laughs> <laughs> we that's so uh, we don't want to hear we don't want to hear a few years from now that we don't have the money uh blah 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 anything interesting anything interesting reggie thomas yeah reggie go reggie um fuck you for the red light thing by the way this project has been in the works for almost 10 years yeah yeah our neighborhood was built in the late 1940s and early 1950s before New Circle Road. Yet other neighborhoods got sound walls before we did. Your neighborhood should be raised to the ground for being built in that era. How about that? Um, uh, racist. Uh, it's good. Someone who said to me, who was telling, was it you that was telling me about like, uh, about like, oh, no, nah, man, now apparently highways are oh, racist. that was my dad. Your dad. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And it's it's funny it's funny every once in a while someone's like oh you mean, oh what now this is racist too yes like yeah baby <laughs> it's been it, ain't ain't that crazy ain't that just out there 
I mean, wow. Until he hears about home lending practices. Yeah, literally. Um, uh, Or home loan lending. So, yeah, um, I guess, inshallah, we build a road project. I don't know. Um, I'm not too worried. Uh, We wouldn't have to worry about any of this, of course, if uh, no one drove cars. But Mm. just think about that one for a second. Um, I didn't even put in the article here. Uh, Someone burned a gay flag on someone's property. Uh, um, They were like, I'll put three more up. Great. So glad to see that the uh, the uh, the escalation is uh, continuing. Um, yeah, I get. I'm I'm like I'm not surprised. Um, uh, we cover a lot of uh, depressing gay news on this um, <laughs> on this podcast. So I just I just felt it fit to uh, add. Um, and of course, folks, I've been promising this one for a while. The layman election desks. We let it back in. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. I, yeah, play all the intros we got. You know, play all the spots, folks. I finally have to talk to you about one of my favorite candidates running for city council in District Five, and that is, of course, Greg Ladd at LaddForLex.com. Um, so, this guy, I mean, he okay worked in the Bashir and not the Bashir, the Bevan administration, right? Um, which is interesting because this guy is what you would call in the um, – and I'm using this in the most derogatory term possible, American progressive. Um, this is one of those – and there is – so I've pulled some uh, – this is stuff I pulled from his website maybe in February. Um, and I did check a little bit and it doesn't seem to have changed much what I've pulled. But uh, just in case what I say isn't adding up, um, it was on his website at one point. This is a literal – um, poorly formatted copy paste from the website and um, doing that. Uh, hi, my name is Greg Ladd and I am running for District 5 City Council. I am an attorney, local small business owner, coach, volunteer, husband, and father. I grew up in the 5th District and I've chosen to raise my family here. I'm a registered independent and hope to bring my experience, love of our city, positivity, and enthusiasm to help Lexington prepare for tomorrow's opportunities. There's like 10 ding, citations ding, 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 needed episodes oh, in that statement. Oh God, it's so good. The, of course, the best, I mean the most, I think the biggest uh, red flag for me is tomorrow's opportunities. I think one big red flag is registered independent. Registered independent is a goofy one, yeah. Um, my vision for, oh God, my vision for Lexington is hyper-focused on building a progressive infrastructure. That means technological demands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Let me, hey, Aaron, hey, 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 All right. Um, that, uh, where is it? That meets the quote-unquote technological demands of the future, unquote. Oh my goodness, technological demands. What could that possibly mean? Yet, also a city that gets back to its roots as the Athens of the West, a city that champions art, culture, and the preservation of its trademark natural beauty. Lexington is a kind, generous, and thoughtful place, but we must do better. (laughs) So he's basically saying make Lexington great again. Yes. um, To reach our... I mean, I may... (laughs) To reach our potential and become the best version of Lexington, we need to plan and begin implementing the necessary steps. Below is my seven-point blueprint for enhancing our community, right? So I've included a few uh, notable ones, right? Um, There is one on transport that I, uh, interestingly enough, uh, yeah, did not include because it was really boring and it didn't have anything interesting. However, the photo of it was a bike, 
um but it doesn't okay. say any didn't say anything about bikes in the description interesting so um there's that you can use bikes to transport but only sort of we can't i can't say the b i can't say that dirty dirty word um interest all right anyway 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 so point three art culture and beautification Simply, our city is being outperformed. The cumbersome power lines in the 5th District are incongruent with our beautiful and city history. They are the worst forms of visual pollution, so much that tourists have even written letters to the Herald-Leader about it, which I we read, we read that on the podcast. <laughs> um, and, this, and, and folks, this is the main point that I'm in opposition to Greg Latt. I think we should have more overhead power lines. Um, and in fact, you all may laugh, but let me say this. When I'm rolling out my, my extensive trolley bus infrastructure um you all aren't going to be uh be so in opposition to it now you're going to be like wow having all these power lines overhead is really helping us you were so right genry of lame um hey you know in chicago they have buried power lines yeah well in chicago they killed all their uh, streetcar infrastructure anyway so uh they're lame lexington used to have it too we can bring it back yeah 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 we should and we should um uh, there's also a safety concern after leaving our elderly population without power in the winter, um, as opposed to any any other kind of population which generates their own power naturally. Um, <laughs> yeah, us millennials. Yeah, I just hook a, I just hook some uh, j- uh, to do this podcast. I just got alligator clips on my leg. Um, <laughs> uh, we need to invest in more quality public art and sculpture public art creates a sense of pride and cohesion that can be enjoyed without barriers public patronage of the art is a staple among amongst nearly all healthy communities if you want people to pull together and work together you give them a safe safe place that they can take pride in um which is of course the all the like like textbook david harvey neoliberal definition of like a safe to a, a place to live work play and consume like well these are the same people that want to move this the sculpture from, yes from ashland to Reverina. so you know what we're doing it folks we're doing the art stuff uh he's incentivizing mixed use green space whatever this means and passing an ordinance requiring notice and opportunity to be heard before any trees can be cut on private property this is a huge card of its sleeve um tree planting and greening initiative so he might get in on this tree shit um who knows hey i can get down with the trees i can get down with the trees just not with greg ladd we will continue uh section four infrastructure and for the future I served as the general counsel to the Kentucky Infrastructure Authority and have an in-depth experience of both funding and implementation of public infrastructure projects. This is the campaign that aims to prepare and tackle tomorrow's challenges, right? So this is what he's doing. Funding, he will fund efforts to recruit and attract a mobile workforce, right? Um, he's, of course, looking for um, uh, like guys that don't have to work in a workspace, Um Guys that can work from home. Guys that can, um, I don't know. Not unionized. Not, yes. And the critically not unionized. Mobile workforce. He's bringing all, he's bringing every Uber guy from, I don't even know. Um, he's investing in new 5G and fiber technology. Okay. Um, and then, this is where we start getting a little cranky. Um, increase electric car charging stations. Solicit a P3 proposal for downtown direct current fast charging um, I don't want EV cars downtown. Full stop. Um, uh, 350 kilowatt solar powered EV parking structure. Develop Lex app for civic engagement, including a health and safety alert system, which is, of course, a uh, 
when they what they mean by that is uh, a uh like gps covid tracking shit right i just i just want to rewind a little bit when he says the ev parking structure yes because you're not solving anything by building a parking garage yes you're just building a parking garage but it just has electric cars in it oh great i mean let's see how this is like oh great you're putting the uh you're putting the solar panels on the existing helix parking structure and it's still a parking structure in the middle of downtown get that shit out it is not supposed to be there um uh and then i here is yeah aaron's aaron's made the mistake of looking ahead this is where i de- where i deliver the critical critical blow to the listeners ears oh my god explore the cryptocurrency project city coins to fund lexington emergency management whose funding source expires in 2023 so that's right folks our our emergency services will be operating on a probably this was a few months ago probably defunct um cryptocurrency project um so uh yeah yeah this is good but folks it's just it's just getting crazier wait what if what if we made our art art spaces all nfts Mm, that's we're really getting can i buy an nft of the sculpture they're moving um anyway uh upgrade sports facilities okay great including revenue producing turf fields all right wow a lot of turfs wow greg lad pro turf in this city yeah anyway um uh, and then this is where we start taking more shots. Invest in renewable experiments like, okay, take a shot at every single word. Modular. Solar. Bitcoin. Battery. Installations where the city is the recipient of the funds. Um, yeah. What does it even Modular. Modular. Okay, I got, okay, I got solar Bitcoin. You're doing solar Bitcoin mining. But what... What does battery in modular have to do with it? Why does it need to be modular? And what about it as a battery if it's just burning electricity? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is he even proposing? Yeah, and of course, this is the ultimate, I think maybe the ultimate nail in the coffin. Invest uh, incentives to attract Web3 businesses. See Miami, New York City, Texas, and Wyoming. Th- four places I really don't want Lexington Wait, uh, to be like. Hold on, hold on. The city of Miami, the city, the city yeah. of New York, and the state of Wyoming, and the state of Texas, and the state of Texas. Yes, just the whole state. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me say this: all um, I, I can't name you a single piece of good legislation coming out of Wyoming. Um, peace and love if you're in Wyoming, but um, you you have unfortunately um, paid the ultimate price um, uh, and have become a uh, a GOP testing ground um, for shit. Uh, just like Oklahoma. GOP lab, Seven Hills Lab, but for the GOP. Literally GOP doing Seven Hills Lab in Wyoming right now. You know, that's the thing about, like, uh, I mean, a little brief uh, side of it before I get to the last, I mean, real, oh, like, uh, in the head. You know, Oklahoma was one of the first great testing grounds for just destroying local government, right? Um, and, of course, they've been uh, in the, they've been having to uh, depave roads and uh, go to a four-day school system, uh, you know, right, because of, uh, of how much they've been starved in tax revenue or whatever. You know which state, pre-World War II, had the highest membership uh, in the Socialist Party? Oklahoma. Makes you think. Anyway, explore 
Starlink satellite internet pilot program to provide affordable internet to lower income citizens. That's right, baby. Elon Musk is saving the city with his Starlink because of course, of course, right? When you are when you are in Greg Ladd's mind, right? You cannot envision a a structural like like systemic approach to getting internet to someone, which is check it how we've done Right now, we are uploading this podcast to you over a internet connection that is a physical copper wire running into this place, uh, you know, and 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 it, what like what lower income citizens in Lexington need? Uh, how in the world is the solution to flood a city block with Starlink? You know what I mean? A, a, a Starlink. Uh, which the newest model doesn't even have any way to network. It is entirely wireless, like bullshit. Um, you know, it's like so stupid. Person, and of this... course, of course, pilot program. It's not even. It's a pilot program with these people. Like, it's never just doing something. Greg Ladd has just been over the past seven years been watching like hyperloop announcements yes and like tesla announcements and stuff like that and actually believing yes that be like liking elon musk supporting elon musk doing whatever the fuck crypto shit is actually going to do anything yeah um and this is this is what he has given us and it's interesting and is he gonna, is he gonna get any anywhere I don't know. <laughs> God, I hope not. I mean, it just seems so, so like stupidly technocratic. It's like it's you know, and it's in this is this is the fundamental issue with all these politicians is that they fail, truly fail to understand what the issue is at all, um, or whatever you know, um, with any of this stuff. Uh, but whatever. With that, my side's over. Um, stay tuned for more lame election deaths. I got some real wild ones coming up, folks. Nothing as crazy as this. This is the arch. I mean, maybe. Oh, God, jeez. Oh, um, maybe the Barry Saturday um, is, one's going to be good because, of course, don't forget he's running. Oh, yeah, I um, forgot he was running. I know. Um, of course, I think we got to do a. Uh, um, I think a uh, another another little uh, segment reevaluating the. Um, uh, uh, the KY6 election, the Democratic primary is oh. worth a look at. Um, but uh, anyway, um, with that, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm over. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> done though. You all are listening to Lame, the Lexington Ashland Marxist Experience. This is the middle of the show where we tell you to subscribe to our Twitter. At Lame Pod. Subscribe to the Twitter, baby. <laughs> Is that what they say? Is that what they're saying? Subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Hit hit that bell on Twitter. Hit the bell. Give give us a thumbs up. Be sure to rate uh, five stars. Five stars over over here or here now. I don't know. They keep changing it on me. Um, links in the description. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, give us five stars. Not on YouTube though, but on iTunes. Which oh that's Apple Podcasts yeah and Spotify Just a couple of geezers out here <laughs> with the <laughs> you know I remember when YouTube had the five stars I do too that was you a hit good that time. yellow subscribe button baby but yeah. you know what? we're not here for the nostalgia views we're here 
um, to what 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 other what other stuff we want? You um, want stickers from us? Yeah, if you want a sticker, we'll I mean, get them we to still, you. We still have them. Yeah, contact us. Lexlamepod at gmail for press inquiries, for for media consultations, <laughs> for legal and investment advice. <laughs> Maybe not that. Yeah, <laughs> Lexlamepod at gmail Reach out to us. Feedback. If you just want to send a listenership report, you're like, oh. I don't know. I love hearing. I love hearing from you all. I love especially hearing from you all when it's being fielded through my many agents. Um, and uh, <laughs> I like my secretaries. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, and with that, let's go into side B. Okay. All right. Welcome back to the Lexington Ashland Marxist Experience. Um, this is side B, the part of the show where um, Aaron does whatever. Um, today... <laughs> You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to sell it. I mean, I'm not selling it. I'm just saying that's what I do. Okay. <clears throat> Today we're going to be talking about um, a few things. Um, I, you know what? I'll give them a little preview so that you know a little, a little break from form. So okay, we'll see what we got. Right. All right. There's this. There's this newspaper called the Berea Torch. I'm going to talk about. Okay. We're talk about House Bill Seven. And we're going to talk about Louisville a little bit. Great. Let's start off with the Berea Torch. Uh, <laughs> the Berea Torch, they like a libertarian are, newspaper. You would think. Okay. They're very, they're very interesting, and I'll show you their logo. Oh shit! <laughs> That's sick as fuck. That's awesome, folks. It's a fire, but it's got the classic like a uh, Soviet crest, like with like the wheat going around mm. it in a red star at the top. Now this is and sick. So, we, I, I can officially say that um, the Berea Torch has the lame stamp of okay, approval. Are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, yes, I've, can I've, use the... I've vetted them. Okay, thank you. All right, phew. They're cool. You can go to BereaTorch.com if you live in Berea and want to learn about Berea things. Um, this is an article which came out in on January, or not on, on January, on Valentine's Day. Um, it is called Student Life Attempts to Suppress the Berea Torch. Okay. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, and Berea Torch does a lot of a lot of labor reporting, which I thought was good. Well, yeah. They just did a, a, a whole thing on how over spring break, the Berea farm students were forced to work 50-hour weeks. Jesus. Or 50 hours that week because it was just spring break for a week. Um, and, oh, it's student-run, I yeah, see. Yeah, it's student-run, independent, not affiliated with the university. Um and so let's let's just start. Um, <laughs> they got a quote from Vlad Lenin over here on the uh, About Us page. That's awesome. A newspaper is not only a collective propagandist and a collective agitator; it's also a collective organizer. Amen, brothers. I got to meet these guys. And so this article starts off with a screenshot from Outlook. Hell yeah! <clears throat> one of one of the main people is Ulvi. And they say, or well, they address this letter to Ulvi. In the past few days, I have received concerns and complaints regarding your involvement with an unrecognized campus organization called The Torch. The complaints have ranged from soliciting on campus as, uh, soliciting on campus as an unofficial organization, using campus resources to produce an unofficial publication, and creating a threatening environment for students. Bullshit. I have asked the public safety and residence life staff to begin taking down any ads or posters you have put on campus. I have also asked public safety to and the judicial team to interview students who have reported potential threats. I would like to talk about uh, talk about with you about this situation as it become or before it becomes worse. Please refrain from further similar actions until this matter is resolved. 
Um, I'm today, or I'm looking forward to set up a time. Today is not a good day to meet. My schedule is extremely busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, like, trying to meet with you as soon as possible, but like not like, oh, you know. I look forward to our conversation. Great. On February 14th, 2022, this is the actual start of the article. Uh-huh. AVP, which I guess is Assistant Vice President of Student Life, Gus Gerasimides sent an email to Ulvi Gitaliev about complaints against the Berea Torch, whose complaints, uh, those complaints are stated verbatim from the email and also the cover image above. Uh One, soliciting on campus as an unofficial organization. Two, using campus resources to produce an unofficial publication. And three, in bold, creating a threatening environment for students. What's so threatening? <laughs> this meeting was set to be held on the 22nd of February 2022 with Ulvi uh, Gitaliev, Gus. Uh, Gerasimides, Rachel Burnside, Charles Saunders, and a member of public safety. Multiple members of the Bria Torch attended this meeting as well, though being uninvited, but being though being uninvited, but were accepted regardless. Uh, Gus Gerasimides, and I'm never going to say this man's name I'm right. So sorry, Gus. You seem like a cool. Wait, is that the? No, that's the guy. That's the guy who emailed them. Okay, sorry. I totally got it all. Good. Fuck I you, think. Gus. <laughs> um. Folks, I promise I'm listening. Yeah, I'm AVP of Student Life. Uh, Great. Gus did not attend the meeting. No fucking way. God uh, damn it. Yeah, before the meeting, it was stated that the meeting would be recorded on the public safety officer's body camera. Whoa. We, we, the Berea Torch, also audio recorded the meeting for us. Well, well, thank God. Yeah, everyone's wiretapping each other. <laughs> Yeah. In, in the meeting, the main it's a po- one party state. Right? Yeah, the main point of the discussion was the imagery used on the Berea Torch posters, it being post-Soviet, and how were their complaints that it was triggering? Triggering to literally who? Charles Saunders stated it was triggering to people from Eastern Europe, and that had brought up trauma, triggered trauma. <laughs> Kill your radio, Aaron! Come on. This is other radio interference. What is happening? Who is trying to contact me? Probably no one. Kill it. Jesus. All right. I don't know why I left it on. Embarrassing, folks. I was in an embarrassing moment here in the the studios. And we're getting right into it, too. I know. It was Hmm. embarrassing. Oh, well. Forgive Um, us. Anyway, Charles Saunders stated it was was triggering to promote, or to people from Eastern Europe, and then brought up trauma, triggered trauma, response from history and stories. Uh, told from their family. And basically, they ask you to use different imagery. That was the quote. This is the new brand of anti-communism. Is that that your Soviet star is triggering and it could, and and it is hurting, you know, and and you have to be, yeah, whatever. Okay. Lily Barnett, co-founder of the Berea Torch, asked that if we change the imagery on the posters, could they be posted again? Charles, Charles Saunders responded with, quote, no, because you have to be recognized by the college. Okay, so what's the point? Furthermore, it was explained how they were not Ill- allowed to be posted on campus spaces because everything, including tables, laptops, printers, etc., are deemed campus resources. Charles Saunders stated, quote, with this policy, we're usually lenient until we start getting complaints, and then we, once we get a complaint, we have to actually enforce the policy, end quote. When we asked for the transcripts of the formal complaints, Charles Saunders said, quote, that is a good question. No, what? That's a good question? (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. Something interesting to note from the meeting is that Charles Saunders said, I will personally lend all of my printing services I have to you all, Berea Torch. Please get in contact with me. I I will help you. 
I this is this is personal now. All the quote. Also, the other thing I see where y'all have been doing the interviews. Just be aware you are not a recognized student organization with the interviews. If you misquote someone or someone doesn't like what you quote or how you portray the interview, you open yourselves up for a lawsuit. So Bullshit. so and the school will not have your support in that. End quote. Okay, so stupid. The other complaint, specifically the third, was not addressed in the meeting. Oh. <laughs> Well, <laughs> arguably the most important complaint. Yes. Creating a threatening space. Um, the Berea Torch created a document addressing each of the formal complaints with citations from the student handbook and the registered student that was brought to the meeting. It, said, it was said by Charles Saunders that the document would be forwarded to Gus uh, G and that we would have a meeting with him actually present. Oh, my God. On February 28th. No. Okay. I'm all right. 2022, uh, Ulvi Kataliev sent a follow-up email to Gus about scheduling a meeting to discuss his concerns and our rights within the campus, to which he never got a response. No way. And that brings us to today, March 4th, 2022, the most recent development of Gus, sending out an email to the entire campus, including students, faculty, and staff, about the Berea Torch. No way. Here, here it is. They have a screenshot. Hello. This is, this is from... Um, yeah. This okay. Last week, I, along with the rest of the Berea Torch staff, met with Charles uh, Charles Saunders and Rachel Burnside on the topic of our publication and its advertising on campus. We gave them a five-page document, which we argued the Berea Torch has not breached any rules or regulations of the student handbook, RSO handbook, or other handbooks for students. Whether or not this document arrives at your desk, it's important that we have a meeting as soon as possible to discuss our rights within the campus. We are willing to meet with you anytime that's comfortable. Uh, quarterly cordially ulvi um <clears throat> and um i don't think they actually took a screenshot of that that email because they they took a screenshot of the email that they sent but they I said see. the varia torch finds this highly disrespectful Yes. We attempted to communicate with Gus, and he failed to meet with us multiple times. Okay, here we go. In his recent email, he states, quote, Across the country, unrecognized organizations, because they are not subject to college rules or oversight, pose increased risk to students in the campus community. Unquote. Oh, my God. What risk does the Berea Torch pose, they ask. For, uh, ask. Um, it does not seem like a gross generalization to say that independent publications cause risk to students and the campus community, when those publications are specifically a place for students and the campus community to voice their opinions. Furthermore, he stated, quote, students, faculty, and staff are discouraged from giving interviews to the Berea Torch representatives or otherwise supporting group operations. Why is this discouraged? Everyone deserves the right to, or everyone reserves the right to decline invitations by the Berea Torch, but equally, everyone reserves the right to interact with us. We, the campus community as a whole, are not the children that need to be told who and who and who not we cannot interact with. The Berea Torch decided to create a petition for those against the suppression of independent media at Berea College. We are willing to fight until the end to stay an independent organization, and they still have. They're still publishing. Good. So, <clears throat> well. Um, I mean, of course, at UK, there was a long history of um, the uh, it, it's still going on to this day of fights between the Kentucky Colonel and the university. So, of course, um, my heart goes out to these people. Um, uh, if you all need help with anything, I can I can I can I, I will I will try something. I have to support um my uh my, my my fellow people that are willing to post the star <laughs> what can i say 
Oh, and they released a follow-up. Okay, okay, all right. Aaron, <clears throat> come on. So, yeah, I'm just finding out about this. All right, this is coming in off the, we, fresh so off the press full. We sent, we sent that email to uh, local publications and media organizations, and within two weeks, the Richmond Register had independent student paper accuses Berea College of censorship written, on its, written on its front page. <clears throat> um, in addition, the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, sent a letter to pres- the president of Berea stating that actions of student life offend any reasonable notion of freedom of the press and betray the college's clear commitment to free expression. Furthermore, they released their own article about the entire issue, which you can read linked to yeah, the yeah, article. Yeah. With pressure building, the president sent an email to Berea College community on March 21st titled as, Statement Regarding the Berea Torch. Oh my God. The email was a major to- change in tone when compared to the one sent by Gus. When, while rather vague, it, conf- it confirmed Berea's commitments to free speech and ostensibly our right to exist as a publication. While we are grateful to the president for not trying to ban or suppress us, there are still issues that need to be clarified. One of the main concerns is the lack of rights for on-campus student-led independent publications, organizations, and businesses. Here are our three demands from the college administration. Um, one, a formal apology and retraction from Gus by, on his email on March 4th. Mm-hmm. Two, a meeting with, between the Berea Torch staff and Gus that has been formally agreed upon numerous times by both parties. And three, amend current rules and regulations to ensure that independent groups have the right to exist at Berea College without suppressions from the college administration. Amazing. What is it about <clears throat> these damn college uh, people that work at colleges and their inability to return emails? I don't know. It's terrible. You know, I'm excited for um, when we get some kind of uh, some. Oh, totally. Yeah. So some... it's this is. I mean, you have to part of the. I think part of this. Um, and forgive me if I sound a little bit too much like I'm larping or whatever. You know, but I mean, fundamentally, at the end of the day, you know, we are here living in the United States of America, one of the most rapidly, you know, uh, anti-communist uh, governments around. And, um, you know, what we are doing is uh, not only, you know, advocating, right, for like, you know, like, 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 like real, like Marxist Leninist shit or whatever, but we are also doing, I think, the even bigger sin in American politics and using their symbols and, and explicitly, you know, portraying the political image of this, which is why I'm so pleased that the Prius torch <laughs> is so like, you know what I mean? So very Soviet themed or whatever. You so know. yeah, Bria torch, proud to call you comrades. Literally, <laughs> um, you know, I am. Folks would be following. Of, oh, I'm getting a some radio interference about Kentucky's first responders. Firefighters, doctors, nurses. Get in the news. You know a first responder. Please recognize. K929 is what we're, is the interference we're getting right now. Sorry for derailing the podcast, folks, but I heard some rare talking on the air. Oh. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, hey, we're I hope this on. is not the end we hear about Berea Torch. I'm very. Uh, you Folks, you got yourself a reader, even though I do not live in Berea. <laughs> hey, yeah, but. Just to reiterate, if anyone or the Berea Torch wants to come on our podcast, I'm gonna try. I will be reaching out to them. This is too. <laughs> this is too good. I can't. Um, I'm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Or even look. Whatever. Like, sure. Like, I, I don't know. I just want to talk to. I'm curious to see what their Start a little email. Chain. Or I want to compare notes. You know. I mean. Yeah. You know. We're doing this all on our own. Whatever. You okay. Know, we can't. We're lame. They're. They're. What did I call us? Bame. What. What are we in Berea? Oh, the Berea. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Come on. Oh God. Someone play back the tapes. Um. 
I have no idea. Something. Whatever what we are in Berea, that's what they are. Um, okay. But anyway, in a, in a bit of a in a bit of a shift, um, we're now going from Berea to Frankfurt. In okay. Fame. Fame. The back back to the normal. Uh, <laughs> the old grindstone. Um, House Bill Seven. This you is... know it's bad when I start referring to bills by their numbers. Yes. <laughs> um. So, you everyone might remember. I think it was House Bill Two. It might have even been House Bill Six, the one that um, cut uh, work workers comp, not workers comp, like uh, unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Republicans are coming for your SNAP benefits. Yeah. Um, with House Bill Seven, and oh my God, I don't think I've ever seen anything this insane. Um, House Bill 7 will eliminate the ability of the state to exempt able-bodied adults without children from a work requirement for SNAP food benefits. God damn In the past, the state has been able to grant exemptions for hardship reasons. It tightens the standards for food stamp eligibility that would make even modest assets such as a used car or a small retirement account count against the applicant and require the state to examine such assets more closely. Uh, It would increase reporting requirements for any change in status, such as a move to a new address or temporary increase in income that could put individuals at risk of sanctions, including loss of benefits, even for inadvertent errors. They're bringing the sanction regimes home, which is called a gotcha provision Um, and end the state's ability to grant presumptive eligibility for Medicaid health plans for low income people, a process by which someone can get temporary benefits for three months through a simple application until they either fill out a detailed application or leave the program. Um, And in some cases, able-bodied Medicaid beneficiaries would be required to participate in 80 hours per month of community engagement activities, such as jobs or volunteering, similar to the work rules former former Governor Matt Bevan unsuccessfully tried to implement in Medicaid. Fuck, man. And it recommends people use at least 75% of food assistance to purchase, quote, healthy foods such as fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Please buy the least shelf-stable shit you can. Um, They described House Bill 7 as legislation to, quote, emphasize work, ensure eligibility, and target fraud and misuse in a press release on on March 17th. God, they Republicans love to be against the whole nanny state or whatever, but at the same time they're like they're like they're you know, they wanna, you know, make aid contingent on being like, Well, are you eating right? Like, oh, we're all about personal responsibility, which is why we've um uh which is why we wanna force you to buy certain kinds of foods because we can't trust you to so fucking stupid. Because <clears throat> they're like they I guess they all have this idea of like, okay, you're getting snap and you're spending it on like Twinkies. Or something, or just like but junk food. There's already well, there's already so many restrictions to what you can buy with Snap in the first place. Right. You know, I mean, it's so fucking bullshit. Um, and you know, I will say this: it is a mate. I'm honestly su- surprised that we have Snap in the first place, and the fact that Snap is so widely rolled out across the country. You know, um, but at the same time, uh, it's a total. I mean, a total farce of a of a of a safety net program. You know, and we've already lost a bunch of Snap benefits. Because uh, the COVID state of emergency is ending. Yep. Um, and that's just free money on the table that we can have. $15 million. Yeah. Whatever. At the House uh, at the House Health and Family Services Committee meeting that day, um, Mead, who is a lawmaker, told fellow lawmakers information on the costs of House Bill 7. It was not available. But a similar bill in 2020 was estimated to cost about $20 million. Meade questioned the cabinet's cost estimate released this week, 
quote, we are aware of the cabinet's fiscal impact statement, but remain cautiously skeptical since the current administration's figure is more than 10 times the amount we received when a similar piece of legislation was considered before the pandemic began. He added, we are seeking additional information to clarify how costs grew from less than $21 million in 2020 to $250 million in 2022. I would hope it's not a reflection of management at the cabinet level. Um, somebody else named Pugel said, the current bill costs more because it contains more rules and requirements than the 2020 version, including the need for uh, far more staff to oversee the program and monitor people who receive benefits. So I mean, yeah. this is, this that is, is the other thing is that, yeah, you have to expand the, uh, the, 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 poli- like the surveillance state of all this shit as and well. They don't, and, and they don't want to pay the people who are working in the government for, yeah, of course. for public assistance, any money at all. Um, when I went, I went for a committee hearing um, not too long ago about the ARPA funds mm-hmm. that uh, they had. They had half a million dollars, or half a billion dollars, I think it was, on the table mm-hmm. to give out to essential workers, and then the Republicans were just like, "No, yeah, we don't. We they don't. We don't it. want it." And uh, one of the people, or one of the groups of people who, and this is fucked up, because it was all these different sectors coming together and begging the Republicans, well, begging the Democrats to yeah. put them on the list to be considered because the Republicans weren't even going to hear it, but begging the Democrats to to get some money. Yeah. Which they should, ugh, they should all, they shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, That's I know. Why, why, uh, but, and one of the groups, world's, world's shittiest opposition party. Yeah. One of the, <laughs> one of the groups who came were the social workers and it, 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 hearing their stories were absolutely insane. The mm-hmm. amount of shit that they have had to go through since 2020 and you want to put them through more. Yeah. Is absolutely insane. Um, House bill seven requires uh, a number of costly new technology systems for items such as single electronic benefit cards or multiple programs, it also said hospitals could suffer. Um, or it is also said the hospitals could suffer. Quote, it's unlikely many Kentucky hospitals um, will fail, or it's likely many Kentucky hospitals will fail if too many people lose coverage under House Bill 7 yeah. um, if it passes. In a March 16th letter to Bill sponsor, to, to Bill sponsors, Mead and House Speaker David Osborne, um, uh, Friedlander respect, expressed his opposition to House Bill 7, quote, specifically, many parts of this bill would cut benefits for our lowest-income Kentucky families, duh. Um, and uh, the the this is some weird, um, some weird language. The enemy is the fact that's one point, the enemy, I don't know, 1.6 million Kentuckians are living below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Rev, Reverend Kent Gilbert with the Kentucky Council of Churches said. Um I think it's interesting that um, the Republicans, who I mean, I don't know, not to bring like faith into this, but they're they're talking. They are all like the faith party. Andy Bashir was like, "I'm vetoing this uh, this unemployment benefit because of faith." Yeah. And then uh, all the church people are like, "Hey, don't do this." And the Republicans yeah. are like, uh, "I don't know." Yeah, I mean, I've got the. The religion angle on class politics, folks. I mean, uh, will we ever hear the end? <laughs> Who knows? Um, so that's House Bill 7. Great. Do we have time for one more? Uh, if you make it quick. All right. This is kind of quick. Um, this is something coming out of Louisville. It's called the Louisville Hope Village. Oh. oh. And um, it's interesting. It's a new outdoor space with 48 insulated tents for up to 53 people with pets allowed. And they're not campers, they're for homeless people. Okay. 
Resources from social services, social service providers will also be provided on site. Uh, residents must receive a referral to move into the new space with partner organizations assessing applications, quote, based on how well the individual can thrive in a community environment. To live in a tent? Yeah, so this is like a tent, a little tent community that they're going to be That you have to apply to get into? To be referred to. It's to be referred, okay. Um, and... Uh, Greg Fisher is involved in this. Oh the, well, great. <laughs> the goal of this pro- the goal of this project is to provide a place for people who are not ready to seek indoor shelter can continue to live temporarily outdoors, but in a safe environment. We're not where- ready to seek indoor shelter. <laughs> the greater access to resources and services. This seems so, like. I mean, it seems like their heart is in the right place. I don't even no. I don't even think so. No. I think so much of the homeless – there is so much of homeless shelter design that is, like, inherently carceral. And um, them offering basically, like, oh, you can – you know, if you don't want to give up as many things or whatever, if you don't want to, you know, do X or Y or whatever, you know, you can, oh, be here. But it is, like, you're living in a tent. You have to get, like, a referral and all this shit. Well, here's, here's how it's more carceral. Each resident will receive a Hope Village ID to access the site and identify Holy themselves. Holy shit, man. <laughs> the staff. Security will be on site along with security cameras and lighting in common areas. Um, and they're going to coordinate with Louisville Metro Police and nearby hospitals. Great, man. I want... Yeah. No, there's no hope for... Um, uh, for for this uh for this government to solve it you got the mayor being like okay i have a few buttons right but i am going to keep like i'm not going to press any of those i'm going to try to build a a do a do a homeless tent camp but i'm going to make it like a like a weird like open air prison thing oh is, are they literally just like off the shelf tents yeah they're literally off the shelf tents and they linked to the tents oh great it's a 400 dollars thermal tent wow um and it's for ice fishing it's the c560 thermal hub shelter from all right Plan. tent review here on lane tent review um i mean it's for ice fishing um it's it's for cold weather um and i guess people are going to be the homeless people in Louisville are going to be sleeping in it um and with that it's happened again Oh, yes, it has. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Lame. Our esteemed executive producer is Charlie Carey. Our stickers and art and uh, buttons are designed by Claire Thompson for ClaireThompsonArt.com. You can find us online um, at LexLamePod.com. No, no, no. LexLamePod.com. Uh, what is it? You can Le- email us at lexlanepod.gmail.com. Go to our website, lanepod.neocds.org. Sign our guest book. Okay. That would be cute. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at lanepod. Give us good reviews. Tell your friends. And even though the Office of Student Activities sends a th- vaguely threatening email to, to Charlie Carey <laughs> and Lame, every time they hear us say it, this is lame. All right. I said lame twice at the end. I know, it was rough. It was rough. But you know what? I kind of liked it. It was fun.